Welcome to another edition of ATL Prime Sports. MLB opening day is tomorrow. It should be a national holiday. Got Wayne in Memphis, Larry in Adairsville. This is, again, ATL Prime Sports. You can find us all at ATL Prime Sports on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and, of course, Apple and Spotify as well. Personal Twitter for me, at JJ Get You One. At LG for real, though, for Larry. At Quarter Todd for TC Todd Quarter, who is uh, supervising some baseball games tonight. And, of course, uh, on the umpire side, that is. And, of course, RWY Jr. for Wayne, again, in Memphis, Tennessee. How's everybody doing? We'll start with you, Wayne. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, but, uh, you know... (laughs) They had a, a road course race for NASCAR uh, down there in Texas, and uh, I just cannot get into the uh, stock cars on a road course like that, turning left and right. Uh, it, it seems out of sorts to me, so I had to watch the highlights on that one. I couldn't stick out two, three hours of watching them turn left and right. <laughs> too much for you, huh? Too much. Too much. <laughs> Larry, how you doing, buddy? Man, everything is good, fellas. I'm glad to be on for another episode. Of course, representing the Miami U, you know. You know oh, represent, yeah. Represent, representing the Final <laughs> Four uh, that shook the world. I, I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't expect it myself, but I'm glad that they made it. We're yeah. going to be rooting for those. Otherwise, we have a great week. Uh, was loving chopping it up with Sports Day on Twitter with TC, getting in his claw a little bit. Um, but other than that, man, it's been a great week so far. Looking for a wonderful day tomorrow for opening day for Major League Baseball. And, of course, looking forward to the Final Four this weekend. I'm doing great. Also doing well are NFL players who want to wear number zero. (laughs) Pretty cool for a player like, I don't know, tight end Darnell Washington from Georgia, former Falcon wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who announced he'll be wearing number zero for the Jacksonville Jaguars this fall. A pretty cool tidbit. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, guys. What's on tap for today's show? It is MLB opening day uh, tomorrow, the 30th. Can't wait. Have been waiting for this day for a long time. One of my favorite days of the year. We'll give you our season outlook. The latest on Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Plus some news and notes from around the NFL. And of course, we'll talk Dirty Birds. And our final four preview. And without further ado, let's kick this show off with a little Major League Baseball opening day talk. With tomorrow being Major League Baseball's opening day, comes our MLB season preview. Let's start here with the five-time defending NL East champions, fellas, our Atlanta Braves. Where do you see the Braves at the end of the season? Larry, I'll go with you first. Ladies and gentlemen, now introducing to you the 2023 World Series champion, <laughs> Atlanta Braves. <laughs> That's what I see. Um, if everybody, and I hate to say ifs, and, but, and we talked about this earlier today, but just as things are, if this team stays healthy and everybody does just what they are averaged to do, this team is going to be scary. It really, really is. And... I think it's going to be very similar to last year as far as them, the Mets and the Phillies all battling it out towards the end. I think the NLEs could could very, very easily have three 90-win or 100-win teams in it. It is that competitive. The Mets are loaded. The Phillies are loaded. But the Braves are even more so loaded, both in the batting and as well as 
with their pitchers. And if they do what they're supposed to do, I do believe, and this is all bias aside, just giving a straight analytical sports opinion, I do believe the Braves can win the World Series this year. Larry, I'm right there with you. Uh, we we all have done this on Twitter. You can check out the the question at ATL Prime Sports. We got it pinned up on the ATL Prime account. Give us your thoughts on who wins each division. Look, I went with the Braves to win the NLEs for the sixth straight year. Uh, I, they're the betting second betting favorites, number one in National League at plus seven fifty uh, to win the World Series. And it's for good reason. You have a healthy Ronald Acuna Jr. You have a healthy Ozzie Albies. Austin Riley's come into form. Uh, you got a guy named Orlando Garcia who's had a heck of a spring and has had a pretty good postseason career. And you got a guy out of Parkview High School at first base who can double you to death. And he hasn't come quite yet into his form as a Brave. I think Matt Olson will have a big breakout year you got two great catchers. Both can hit. Both can pl- do the DH. And Marcelo Zuna had a great spring. That's, of course, Sean Murphy and, Ch- Sean Murphy and Travis Darneau. So this team is loaded from top to bottom. You talk about the bullpen with Rossell Iglesias. Yes, he's starting the season on the injured list. I think he'll come back. Uh, they'll they'll t- take time because you have A.J. Minter and Kirby Yates with closer experience as well who can slide into that role for a temporary uh, fix and band-aid it until Iglesias comes back. So this team is loaded from the bullpen all the way up to the starting rotation with Max Freed, and hopefully Mike Soroka can come back and prove me wrong, and you get something out of this guy uh, and, and a lot more out of Soroka for years to come. Because you have Freed, Soroka, Morton, and Spencer Strider, another Rookie of the Year candidate right there behind the Rookie of the Year who we haven't even mentioned yet is Michael Harris. So this team is so well-rounded, Larry, that it'd be very hard for them to not make the playoffs. And I mean that because this team is just so completely stacked. If you compare it to the Mets, who I think they'll play, and I'm and I'm prefacing here, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and go into our next category here. Because I know Wayne doesn't have much to say. Wayne's got the Rangers winning it all. He's a Rangers fan. <laughs> and folks, I'll tell you what, that wouldn't be a bad wild card pick or a dark horse pick, whichever you want to call it. Because when Jacob deGrom gets healthy, he can win you 20 games to 25 games. They got a little decent roster out there in, in Arlington, and it'll be fun to watch what they do if they can put the bat on the baseball this year and stay healthy. So, uh, but yeah, I had the Braves playing the Mets in the a- NL- uh, a- uh, NLCS. If I can tut 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 talk today, the NLCS, I got them playing their division rival, the Mets, and you go pound for pound. Losing their closer Diaz in the World Baseball Classic was a huge loss for the Mets. That's why I put the Braves as the front runner in the division again. That closer spot was just huge. When you look at third base, I think Riley is a much better player than Escobar. And that's the that's the difference in the division and which I think is going to be the LCS. Larry, what's your NLCS, man, and your ALCS? And we'll go to uh, to the next part of this MLB topic. My NLCS, I believe, is going to be the Braves, and I and I I wrestled with this for a minute, but I believe it's going to be the Braves and the Padres. And the reason I say that is the Padres, if Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back and he's anything like he was before his injuries, the Padres are loaded too. And they have enough arms to be able to be competitive in that division 
against the Dodgers. And I think they're going to be very scary. They've got the contract situation worked out. Manny's good. You know, it's, it's that, that three-headed monster there is going to be dangerous to deal with. I believe it's going to be the Braves and the Padres with the Braves winning it and going to the World Series. In the AL, I don't see anybody that's going to outdo that. Look, I understand what you got, Wayne. I, look, I, I feel what you're saying. But the, the Astros are still the Astros, man. But I'll tell you who's the team I think that's going to be there that is going to be the sneaky team that folks are not going to really pay attention to, and it's the Cleveland Guardians. Hmm. And I really think they have a – I ain't going to say a boxer's chance because we used to say a fighting, punching chance, but I really do think the Guardians have what it takes to be able to make it all the way. My other dark horse there would be the Seattle Mariners. So, you know, I know everybody's saying, oh, you didn't say the Yankees, but I didn't say the Yankees. Listen, until the Yankees can get rid of the Rays, which are usually, and I, I don't know why people, I guess maybe because the Tampa market isn't as, uh, it, it isn't as famous as some of the other big markets in the AL. But Tampa every year is consistent. And with the, 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 I don't even know how you describe a Rosarena's world baseball classic performance from Mexico, but it was huge. And if he takes that into the season, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, Tampa's probably going to win the AL East. My whole thing, I still believe it's going to be the Guardians and the Astros with the Astros winning. Houston Astros, Atlanta Braves again, repeated 2021. Atlanta Braves win again. Wayne, go ahead, buddy. I know you uh, wanted to get on this action. Uh, well, I already spoiled your pick. You, you got Texas, but tell us why you got him there. Well, I tell you, here was, I'm going to give you the rundown of the uh, each uh, league there. American League uh, East, I've got Yankees. Uh, Central, I've got Detroit, which kind of surprised TC. And the West Texas Rangers. Uh, NL East, Atlanta, NL Central uh, cards, because for some reason I cannot not pick the Cardinals. Uh, to win their division and then uh, San Francisco Giants uh, to win the West. And I've got, actually got the uh, Rangers and the Giants in the World Series with the Rangers winning it all. And if there's going to be any type of dark horse pick, uh, you know, the White Sox uh, and then uh, and the uh, Diamondbacks are my two uh, dark horse picks. Uh, somebody could sneak in there. I like I like the yeah. uh, and your, your dark horse picks there and. I mentioned Texas gets healthy from uh, gets healthy seasons from Degrom and their superstars, uh, Seager and and company. Hey, they can they can what? score some runs and and well, and they, you know they've they've got they've got some solid pitcher. They've got so. some sol they've got some solid pitching. Their starters are really solid, but their their relievers are the, I think the great part of their pitching lineup. We will see, and that's the fun thing about baseball is you got to play 162 of these things. And anything and everything can and will happen. I've already told you you got the Braves in the series. Uh, I got them playing the Yankees. Uh, I got the Yankees winning the NL, uh, the AL East. I got the Twins winning the AL Central. And I have, of course, the Astros winning the AL West. My wild cards in the AL, I got the Angels, the Red Sox. And I believe I went with... Uh, Someone else out of the NL East, and I, I, I can't remember if I went with Rays, Mariners. There's a bunch of good teams, or White Sox. I, I really can't remember who I who I went with. It's a, It'll be up on the screen there. But but it, it'll probably change midway through the season. So in the NL, I got the Braves. I got the uh, Mets as a wild card. I got the Phillies as a wild card. And uh, 
I tell you what, <laughs> it, it's it's tough to pick a, a the the third wild card. I got I'm with you, Wayne. I got the St. Louis Cardinals winning the Central and the West. I have the, I actually have the Padres winning the West and the Dodgers as my third wild card in the NL. And it was tough for me to flip flop those two. Uh, Giants would be good again back in the uh, the Mariners would be good back in the AL. The 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 season's wide open. It's going to be fun because everybody plays everybody. You have a full schedule. That's going to be cool. And TC right before uh, I came on texted me a cool segment about Vaughn Grissom. Just another note. We're going around and around here. I know, but Vaughn Grissom. Uh, he has. Says, you want to play? Let's look at the tweet here from uh, the AJC. It was, if you don't like it, play better on his being on him being sent down to AAA from Ron Washington. So there it is, point blank simple. Uh, another another no brainer for me. I think it's Braves. I think it's the Astros. Look, the Astros still have Jordan Alvarez. When when Altuve gets healthy, he's there. You still got Bregman. Um, you still got Tucker in the outfield. You got a pretty good staff. It's it's to me it's the, I, I'm I'm with you, Larry. I think the Astros are still the team to beat in the AL. It's wide open out there, uh, especially in the NL East. You know the Rays could win it. Red Sox are pretty good. You know they're going to have a pretty good team at the end of the Blue Jays. That was the other yeah. team I went with. The Blue Jays was my other wild card team. There it is. Finally comes into my head as I blabble. Um, but, yeah, no, that's about it, guys. I got the Braves. I think their lineup from top to bottom, if it's too good, especially with a, a healthy Acuna, a healthy Albies, and with shorter base paths and rules to help encourage stealing bases. Look, let's face it. If the bases are just turned on fire by everybody, Trey Turner, you know, all the guys that can steal bases, I can I can see Albies and Acuna stealing what, close to 100 bases between the two of them. So I, that's huge, guys. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, Major League Baseball, ALCS, NLCS, World Series champion pick, uh, opening day thoughts? Anything about baseball? It should be a national holiday. Yeah, <laughs> well worth well, it too. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say that the best way to win a baseball game is to not let the other team hit. So I leave it up to the pitchers a lot of times, and it's the batters who I think play catch up once the runs start happening. Early in the season, it is a pitcher's game usually. You see, if you're going to see a perfect game or a no-hitter notice, there are usually one or two early in the season, one or two late, and maybe one during the regular season. So uh, in the middle of it, in the heat. So We'll see. It's it's very fun early in the season. Uh, I, I I can't wait to see what uh, the new rules bring. I'm going to be optimistic. Do I like the rules? No, but I'm going to be optimistic if they do cut down the time of the game to like two and a half and two hours, 40 minutes and change, you know, and it brings more fans into the game of baseball. I'm all for it. But it, if after a couple of years, I it doesn't do it. I'm, I'm I'm done with it. That's my final thought on baseball, guys. Anything else for you? Matt, money, Matt. We call him Money Mike, uh, Michael Harris, but we got marvelous Matt Olson. I'm telling y'all, NL MVP. He's gonna have a 50 home run season this year. I'm telling you, I'm right. calling it right now. No, I, I like it. I, I think he hasn't come into his form yet as an Atlanta Brave. He'll settle down this year. I'm with you. I, I think he's right around the 40 plus mark. But man, a 50 home run season would be great to see. 
I don't think we've had that in a Braves uniform since Javi or Andrew Jones did it, one of the two, uh, back in the early 2000s. All right, let's move on, guys. Uh, we've done, we've uh, TC's is floating around here. He's got Braves over Yankees as well. Um, and his his picks are uh, floating around. I actually got them right here. I'll read them before we move on. That'll be the final thought. How about that? <laughs> All right. Uh, good. How about that? Uh, he's got, uh, let's see, Yankees, Indians, Astros as AL division winners, wild card, Blue Jays, Mariners, Rays, ALCS, Yankees, Astros, and uh, NL division winners, Braves, Cards, Padres, wild card, Mets, Phillies, Dodgers. Basically the same thing I got. <laughs> NLCS, Braves versus Mets, AL champion, Yankees, NL champion, Braves, World Series champ, Braves. That's what uh, Todd's got floating around. NFL, quick hits. Let's get to it. Latest on Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Uh, some news and notes from around the NFL. Let's get into it. Uh, we now know, guys, Lamar Jackson requested a trade on March 2nd. Where do you think he'll play this fall? Larry, I'll throw it to you, man. This is fun. This has gotten to be a ongoing story now. It's gotten juicier and juicier. The fingers keep getting uh, fatter and fatter. What you think, man? Where's he playing this fall? If I had to take it to Las Vegas, he's probably going to just be able to drive about an hour and a half down the road. He's going to be playing for the Washington Commanders. And the reason I say that is because they have the cap space to be able to pull it. They have the draft capital to be able to pull it. And it would invigorate a fan base who has been dying for something to cheer about probably since, oh, 86, 87. Yeah, you're talking to Doug Williams, Ricky Sanders, Gary Clark, Ernest Bonner type when they were the Redskins. I think that's, to me, that is the, the prime destination for Lamar. The issue is... There is one other team that could probably swing it that I don't know wants to make that biggest splash, and that team is the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if they want to pull that type of – because they already did so much to get Trey Lance, who ended up being a bust for them. And I really don't want to call him a bust after really one and a half seasons, but it is what it is. They could pull it. I don't think people understand it's not the ability that is that is preventing teams – from reaching out to Lamar, people know Lamar wants to make as close to Deshaun Watson type money as possible. And with the salary cap being as strict as it is, it's difficult for teams that need multiple things to go spend their money on one horse. It's like managing a household budget. If I know I got to fix the dog on sink, I got to repair the house. I got, I got to go mow the grass. I got to do this, but then I go want to go to the store or to a car dealership and buy a, Hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini. Who's no. an idiot? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can't. I can't make my wife say, "Hey, baby, I know all this stuff need to be done in the house, but look what I got." And dingle some <laughs> keys in front of her. You know, that's just the reality of it. it it's just, I know not to make light of it, but the reality of it is, is Lamar is an excellent one. He's a generational talent. But at the same price, I got a bunch of kids in my house that like to eat. I can't go feed every one of them KFC. Some days they got to eat some bologna sandwiches. You, know, you got a lot of NFL teams who are trying to build teams on a budget and Lamar just doesn't fit into the budget. Not that he's not talented. He just doesn't fit into the budget. And and that's kind of the reason why Lamar is where he is. And uh, if I had to go long winded answer, but I still think it's going to be the commanders. 
No, please be long-winded. I, I love it. Uh, absolutely. Bring more to the show, please. Um, no, I, I'm with you. If he plays this fall, I think it'll be in purple and black. I think it'll be a Raven, but that, that's a really good landing spot. And uh, to piggyback on your point with the commanders, they are up for sale. And if they do close, you'll have new owners coming in looking to make a splash. So that that could piggyback on your point even much further. But I, I'm going to stick with the Ravens. I think he'll play there. He's He is under the non-exclusive franchise tag. So uh, there will have to be two first-rounders given up. And then you will have to agree with uh, the, the compensation possibly further along uh, if agreeing to a long-term contract. But he's going to make $32 million if he signs that tenure. If he doesn't, or if he signs the 10 years traded, again, he'll be at least making that for one year, and then he can sign the extension. I, I, I'm with you. I, the commander sounds sexy. It sounds like, hey, that's a great fit. Um, and again, I, I just think with the new owner looking to make a splash, that makes a lot of sense, Larry. Uh, I'm with you. If he's not a Raven, I think he's a commander. Uh, look, let's uh, get a final thought. Uh, I think uh, Wayne has one on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, well, wherever he lands, he's going to make a lot of money, and he's going to make an impact. But I think what I'm going to do is uh, wait until after the show is over and then binge watch it on Netflix because that's a good drama to watch, but I just don't have time to watch it right now. <laughs> and to go off of JJ's point, too, though, with new ownership, the main ownership group that's looking to buy the commanders is spearheaded by none other than one Magic Johnson. Oh, all right. So, you know, Magic ain't ever been afraid to spend money. I mean, look, no, when, he became, when uh, he became and... a, a majority owner with the Dodgers, he just started throwing money left yeah. and right. You know, he was one of the big ones that came behind to make sure the Mookie Betts trade came to fruition. So you had a lot of different things that he's been able to. If he's taking that same mentality and takes it into Washington, what better way? to announce your entrance into buying this team and to get one of the hottest commodities on the trade market playing for your franchise. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I said, if he's not a Raven, that makes the most sense to me. Just uh, geographic wise in terms of, uh, you know, playmaker wise, they, they got some playmakers on the outside with scary Terry. So I uh, got a good run game up there, decent offensive line, pretty good defense. It makes a lot of sense there. Uh, look, this saga over with Aaron Rodgers is just as interesting. I swear it's Brett Favre 2.0. The Jets seem to be the landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Where does this put the Jets in the AFC, folks? Let's just put Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Are they division favorites, if you ask me? I, I'll tee this one off. I'll, I'll say no. I still like the Bills and Stephon Diggs and... And uh, the offensive powerhouse that is the Bills, I, I think the emotional end to the season uh, took an extreme toll as, as well as, remember, this team had to play some road games that, that weren't necessarily road games and travel throughout the season because of bad weather up in Buffalo. They had to play in Detroit, and, uh, you know, in the end of their season was really kind of hectic. So I... I think that will rebound. That will work itself out. I still like Buffalo in that division, even with Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Larry, what say you? Um, I think it may even put them third in their own division with Aaron Rodgers on the Jets because they're not better than Buffalo, 
And then with the offseason additions that the Miami Dolphins have made, I don't think they're better than the Dolphins either. So I think it puts them third in their own division, even with him on there. They still would need some more offensive pieces to complement what Aaron Rodgers did because, you know, other than Garrett Wilson, who does he really have? So even though they have a wonderful defense, Aaron Rodgers is good, but he's not good enough to take them to that level. I think it would put the Jets third in their own division behind the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, definitely a, could possibly be a playoff team. I don't know. I uh, don't really know who's going to be in the AFC West that comes out out of that debacle between yeah, among, yeah, you know, out of the Broncos, the, the the Raiders, you know, the Chargers. It's it's you could you could you could potentially have three playoff teams out of one division, depending Very on much how the so. AFC goes. So, um, <laughs> if I had to give you a prediction, honestly, as of right now, before the draft, and they do get him, I think they're still third in their own division. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I don't I don't think they're the favorites to win the division. I think this uh, mainstream media, these four letter networks, uh, they're, they're overhyping this this Aaron Rodgers. Look, he came out for season which he had 12 interceptions off of a back to back MVP season. Definitely showed a little bit of a uh, lapse in play there. Uh, I, I, is the darkness retreat really going to get him ready to play that much? Did he see himself play for the Jets? I mean, their their offensive roster is pretty good. They got a great defense for sure. But look, I mean, he had 12 interceptions last year. To me, on tape, I don't see him being better than Tua Tagovailoa at this point, than uh, Josh Allen at this point. And we've seen Mac Jones can take a team to the playoffs. So if Mac Jones elevates his game. I'm, who knows what can happen in that division? So you're exactly right, Larry. That division is very tough, and it's very – I compare it to the AFC West, where you have four great quarterbacks. Derek Carr leaves. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. Of course, you have Russell Wilson, the Super Bowl champion Pat Mahomes, and the up-and-comer Justin Herbert. So it's a very tough division from top to bottom. Um I, I'm anxious to see what happens in that division. Wayne, any thoughts on – yeah, I'm I, that is one that I will not be binging on Netflix because I'm over it all. My question is, uh, which of the uh commercials will he end up on eventually the copper fit, the micro touch trimmer, or the Wrangler jeans? <laughs> I'm telling it's it's Brett Park 2.0. It Just expect him to end his career in Minnesota in the NFC Championship game, taking a shot to the chin. Because he's still got the same chin strap Brett Farbor. Let's, let's remember that. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, that, that wraps us up for that a, uh, AFC East talk with Aaron Radges, the bad man. We'll talk about the Falcons and some other news and notes right here. Falcons signed defensive tackle Calais Campbell to a one-year deal earlier this afternoon. That's Wednesday. They also added wide receiver Scotty Miller earlier this week. What do you think of the offseason moves thus far Wayne, I'll start with you, man. You're a Falcons fan. What you think, buddy? I like any type of defensive improvement move. That's, I mean, they, they don't have a problem scoring. They have a problem keeping the other team from scoring, and I think that's what they need to focus on. So I'm all for that. Larry, what say you, buddy? No, I'm right there with you, Wayne, no doubt. I love this Calais Campbell signing. Uh, I love everything that Tom, uh, that uh, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith have done in this offseason. They have addressed the needs. They have filled so many holes on the defensive side of the football. 
they have gotten a new defensive coordinator to spearhead the rising from the ashes of the Atlanta Falcons defense. And I even made a mention to TC about it earlier. If Calais Campbell gets us five sacks this year, that's 25% of the sack total that the Falcons had the entire year last year. So I don't expect him to come in here and get double digit sacks. But what I do expect from him is to be sort of like what Dwight Freeney was a few years back, a few seasons back in mentoring a young Vic Beasley and a, a young Tack McKinley, you know, and, and trying to help them guys get to where they can be proficient in putting a quarterback on his rear end. That's what I want to be able to see Calais Campbell do. Get in there, teach them, you know, a lot of them are going to have a dog in them anyway. They're going to have that, rrr, rrr. I need them to, to get that that old bulldog just, rrr. I want them to just be vicious. I need them to help get this team to be able to put 40 sacks on the board this year for the defense. And the closer they can get to that amount, that's going to be great. The other thing, Wayne, that you talked about with us defensively, I love it. The one thing I I, I think that is going to fall to the wayside here is now you have the flexibility with the number eight pick that you can do multiple things with. You're not pigeonholed into drafting defensive line. You're not pigeonholed into trying to get the best corner. You can take a flyer on a Bijan Robinson. You could take a flyer on a a a, a Christian. Uh, it's Gonzalez from Oregon. Yeah. Uh, you could take a flyer on him. You could take a flyer on uh, Miles Murphy if he's available. The thing that I want to see though is if Miles Murphy is on the board and Jalen Carter is on the board at number eight, and see where the Falcons pick. If they pass on Jalen Carter, will the Falcons fans? light the torches in pitchforks and start a riot. That's what I want to see. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting what the Falcons do at eight. Look, I, I love the Campbell deal for two reasons. He immediately makes the Falcons better next to Grady Jarrett, Oniamata, uh, Cade Ellis, uh, Taquan Graham to go along with those guys. Look, hats off to Fontenot for this offseason moves. And two, anyone the Falcons draft on the defensive line will have a six-time pro bowler to look up to and maybe act as a mentor, just like you said Dwight Freeney did a couple years ago. Two great reasons to, to, to bring a guy in on a one-year show-me deal. You nailed it. Six sacks gives us, as Falcon fans, we're throwing <laughs> our hands over our shoulder. We're ecstatic. The Scotty Miller deal... I kind of like it, too. It just adds a little bit of depth at the wide receiver room in which, look, let's face it, we lost two almost all-pro wide receivers in Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones in consecutive blows. So I tell you what, getting as many wide receivers in that room to compete is great for guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, look, together we looked at it, Todd and I, 10 touchdowns for the receivers last year. That's got to be one of the lowest in the NFL. I don't know that for sure, but you need more from that position to help out Kyle Pitts, to help out now Jonu Smith, to help out Cordell Patterson and in the short pass game, uh, Tyler Algier to run between the tackles. All that goes together um, on the offensive side of the ball with a signing like Scotty Miller. He's just a mentor as well, seen a lot of football, played with some great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, and he's got a Super Bowl ring on his finger as well. So that always helps. I like the moves, especially Jesse Bates, 14 career interceptions. We've talked about him before, but just solid moves in the offseason 
And that brings me to my last point. Guys, with that eighth overall pick, there are so many still needs for the Falcons. This would, to me, the spending of the defense with Bates, Oneonta, uh Campbell, this is telling me maybe we're leaning offense. Maybe we fill that wide receiver need because remember, your last guy right now is still Alameda Zacchaeus. Would not surprise me if the Falcons took Quinnen Johnson out of TCU at number eight. I know it would not make a lot of people happy, but that is still a need. And Todd and I debated this to the T. I, I don't mind if we go defense. But it would not surprise me if the Falcons took a wide receiver at eight, as they did last year, to help get Desmond Ritter the weapons he needs to succeed right now. Because you feel like Calais Campbell, Oniamata, and Ellis, and Bates can solidify your defense enough. That's what they may do, guys. What do you think about that if the Falcons draft a wide receiver at eight? Yeah, I, I think a wide receiver uh, rookie in the NFL is not going to be able to do as much as someone, you know, two, three years down the road because that's, that's a huge jump going from college to NFL, especially in a, a position right. like not that. Not many wide receiver rookies start out very well. There's very yeah. few OBJs and, 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 and so on and so forth. Well, I mean – you had two that did really well last year, first-year wide receivers, and Garrett Wilson for the Jets and Chris Olave for the Saints. They both did yeah. very well. And then if you really wanted to throw – I was in there. Drake London did very well once Desmond Ritter. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? So it's not necessarily – I think it's always about fit. You can't be the most talented receiver in the bunch, <laughs> but if you don't go to the right situation, you may stunt your production growth two, three, maybe even four years on your rookie deal – just because you're not in the right environment to be paired with somebody that can help promote or pro or propel your career to the next level. And there's really not too many, you know, Drake London's in this draft. This is the, the defense is, it is a defensive heavy draft this year. Very. You, you're, you're going to have to be, your scouting department is going to have to be top notch to be able to find out of the second, third, or fourth rounds, a wide receiver, a running back, or even a tight end that could help push you to where you want to be. And knowing, as what we've known with Arthur Smith, that he is wanting to pound the rock, it would not surprise me at all, J.J., to if he misses around to get another offensive lineman yep. to solidify that group so that he can do what he wants to do with Tyler Algier or if he decides to pick up another running back in rounds three, four, or five. We just know he wants to. He wants forty carries to run the football because he is all about controlling the clock. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be real interesting. That that number eight is pick is wide open as in recent years as I can remember. I honestly can't tell you what they're going to do because there's so many good picks that they can get with that number eight overall. Guys, any final thoughts on our NFL quick hit segments? Uh, a Rod Lamar. Falcons, any other quick hits around the NFL you guys want to mention right quick? No, it's too early for NFL for me. I'm not ready. Just it's, always for the it's always going. But guys, the Final Fours this weekend, what an exciting tournament it has been. Uh, clearly one of the most exciting tournaments I've ever been a part of, filling out a bracket. I don't think anyone's ever won it this early in our ATL Prime Sports Bracket Challenge, but uh, congratulations to my buddy Steve who uh, participated, he won it with uh, 
picking Houston, and he just had more points than everybody else because no one's no one's alive. We're all we're yeah. all gone. We're all <laughs> goners. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how crazy it's been. So the final four is set: FAU, the nine seed, playing San Diego State, the five seed, and then the five Miami Hurricanes play the four Yukon Huskies. San Diego State's a two-point favorite as of Monday, folks. I'm going by Monday spreads here. Over/under on that one's 131. Saturday game time, 6:09 Eastern time on CBS. This one's going to be fun to watch. Look. Dusty May has done a fine and dandy job of coaching his FAU Owls. I hope this guy stays there because this story is awesome. They can rebound well over 39 a game during the regular season, so they're physical down low. They can also score top 50 offense in that category. Would not surprise me if they won the whole thing. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me. It's a coin flip in this whole the rest of the tournament. UConn's the best team. But look at the tournament so far, yeah. guys. Has the best team been there? <laughs> no, not no. even close. This has been the craziest tournament again of my lifetime. So it would not surprise me if the Owls hooted their way to a national championship in their first ever appearance. Look, they mimicked the Georgia Bulldogs in 83 and George Mason, Jim Mer- Jim Laranega's other team, just shooting right on to the Final Four in their first ever tournament. Wayne, you were trying to get in there. What, what you got? No, no. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I, of these four teams, I really don't have a dog in the fight. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and get on that train with Larry and go with Miami to win the whole thing. And I've got them playing FAU in the final. So it's going to be Florida teams in the final. Now, how um, cool would that be? Yeah. And, and you know, and of course, I've spread this news far and wide and everybody on Twitter ought to know by now that I have also picked Miami to win the ACC in football next year. And I'm sticking to that. It's not a bad pick, as I like to say. Uh, if, you're, if you can find a way, look, hey, they got the coach, Cristobal. Hopefully he gets his guys ready. That's a different story for a different day. But if you had two Miami schools in the national championship, boy, that would be <laughs> exciting. Uh, I, I know I would still watch it, but nationally, I wonder how that would do. Oh, the, the ratings are going to be down. As, as, go ahead, Wayne. Those ratings are definitely going to be down this year because uh, a lot of those, I uh, guess, blue blood schools and all the ones that expected to get in, their fans are just going to go, where can, where can I sell these tickets? I'm not going down to Houston. Yeah, so I, mean, I, the, I, I just I don't think people are going to watch as much. And look as how far they, away these schools are from Houston. I mean, San Diego State might be the closest one to them. I mean, you have two Miami schools. That's a long flight. UConn in the Northeast and San Diego State way out west all going to Houston. Pretty interesting Final Four. The other game, UConn, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, Monday, uh, over-under 149 and a hook. That one's 849 on CBS. Jim Laranega's got them Hurricanes playing well, Larry, real well. Firing on all cylinders well. Almost 80 points a game in the regular season they averaged. They've hit 80-plus in all the tournament games but one except for Drake. Uh, I I think the Final Four is going to be about coaching. I think Jim Laranega is the most uh, tenured coach in the Final Four. Uh, He's one of the only ones that has experience there. Uh, You got Dan Hurley, the Huskies. He's, He's had... Big East tournament experience. He's got tournament experience with UConn. They move the ball around well. They're, they're top 40 in scoring, the top 10 in assists. But I, I, I'm with you, Wayne. I, 
I like Miami. There's just something about this Miami Hurricanes team that seems like they're going to cut down the nets and win the whole damn thing. Larry, what say you? That's my pick, man. I'm picking Miami to cut the whole thing down. Everything. The whole net. They're going to take it home. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to say it's going to be Miami because I, look, I the jacket doesn't. A lot of agreeance in this show today. Well, you know, well <laughs> see, the fan in me wants to say Miami. The analyst in me wants to say UConn. Don't pick UConn. Don't pick UConn. And, and, and I listen. And, and I, I, guys, it's it's not that I just want to just be an analyst all the time. <laughs> but here's I'll tell you what I think. First game, FAU, San Diego State. San Diego State has been winning this tournament because of their brutality and their physicality. They have been beating teams into submission, and. That's hard to deal with when you're in college basketball, when you go on a game of runs and you go almost like what Creighton did. You go, you go through a stretch where you go five, six, seven minutes without a basket. You know, that's tough to overcome when your championships on the line. Yeah. The I like about Miami is you've got people that not only can put the ball in the basket, they have slashers up and down the lineup, but Isaiah Wong has showed himself to be, if he's not close to being the most valuable player for this tournament or the, the awesome player of the tournament, he's got to be close. If it ain't him, it's got to be Pat. Those two kids are dynamite together. But UConn is just as good, and, and, and they're so well coached. And the defensive pressure that they are so relentless with is what, what I fear. I was glad to see them come back against Texas when Texas put that same amount of pressure on and that made my, my fan heart go, okay, they needed this kind of game to be able to get ready because UConn is going to swarm them like that for 40 minutes as well. But fandom, you know I'm going right here, baby. It's all about the U. It's all about yeah. the U. So that's that's my pick. All right. right. That, that's that's Miami. Which, this, is, this is Miami. This is Utah. Yes. This is Utah. Yeah. That's Utah. Miami. There you go. Both hands. It's right, right there. Both hands up. I got I got you. I got fa fa uh, family friends that are uh, Utah Utes fans, so I, I get them mixed up half the time. I'm not gonna lie. What, no, now what does not, what does Utah State do then? How, how, I mean, hats off to every single one of these teams. I mean, from Kennesaw State all the way down to to the 16 seed Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, it, it, it's it's just been an unbelievable tournament, and it's been so fun to watch. And it's brought everybody together, and uh, that's just the best part about this time of year. You got your MLB opening day; everybody's optimistic. March Madness, your your brackets either busted or not, and uh, it's it's been real fun. Well, guys, that wraps us up. If you like the content, remember to give us a like, smash that notification button, and again, you can find us at ATL Prime Sports. Final thought of the evening, guys. It's going to be about baseball. You know it. It's it's opening day tomorrow, and I just I can't tell you how excited I am for the Braves baseball season to begin. And Larry, to hear your voice as the Rome PA announcer, I'll have to make my way up there and uh, go hear your voice personally and in a seat, man. I'm I'm just excited. And you can see the smile on my face. I'm very happy for you, buddy. And I know you're happy to start the season as well. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. If any of our listeners want to come on up to make the trip up to uh, Rome, Georgia, you can't go wrong when you go to Rome. I'm telling you, you come on in, 
to the Advent Health Stadium, and we'll welcome you right. I promise you. And, uh, I'll make sure to meet you and might even buy your brewski or something. <laughs> but no, you come on, come on up and and join the fun and the festivities. We're looking to have a phenomenal year this year. So thank you so much, JJ. I appreciate that, man. You're welcome. All right. What's your final thought, buddy? Yeah, they, I'm going to, you know, circle back around to uh, NASCAR. They're racing in uh, Richmond uh, this uh, coming weekend, which is a short track. We'll get back to the racing, which I'm used to seeing, turning left, beating and banging. should be exciting. Uh, we'll see if uh, any of them guys can pull a Chastain or something and win it on a weird move on the last lap. Yeah, it's always fun. Those short tracks are, are, are exciting and uh, makes for a, a good couple hundred miles of racing guys again if you like please subscribe this has been atl prime sports for larry and adairsville wayne in memphis todd quarter who's not with us i'm jj get you one we'll see you next week chop on baby <laughs>